Welcome back to Ari Down Presents. This is Connor. Today, I'm joined by Mike. Hello. And Mike, we have a special guest today. We do. Hi. We have Libby McAvoy. Welcome aboard, Libby. Thank you. So today, we are talking about body image. Um, before we get to that conversation, of course, follow us on all of our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Ari Down Presents, and Ari Down Podcast. Um, listen to us, SoundCloud, um, Apple Podcasts, because uh, iTunes is dead. Um, I think it was always Apple Podcast, though. Well, we always just called it iTunes, though. But I think that was the music part. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, we got a couple other presents out there in the works. Uh, check out Everlasting, our book reviews out there. We're going to read The Giver next. So uh, dust off your old copy and uh, catch up with us because it's going to be a fun ride. But before we get to the pod, Mike, here's some music. So we are joined here by Libby McAvoy. Libby, you don't legally live with me. But, no, no, not uh, legally. But but you you've been dating Joey for about what nine months now. You guys just had your nine months. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you're here all the time. Is that a domestic partnership yet? All the time. Is, Is that, that seven can years? It, can it, no, that's seven years. It's and it's then a legally while. We're just ah, uh, so you just gotta trap him for like six <laughs> right. six more years. <laughs> you're so involved with our family now that what we gave you, I think. Uh, a quarter? Uh, no, we gave you half a vote when we do Family Matters, even though you don't live here at all. Oh. Yeah. Remember that? We. Yeah. You don't remember that? No, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking it. about. Um, I'm sorry. So we had you today. You guys have votes? Uh, we, I w- what do you vote about? It was just like family family meetings and votes and stuff oh, like that. Oh, oh, oh. Opinions and stuff like that. Yeah, I do get half a vote. Yeah. I and, and really she gets, appreciate that half yeah, a vote. Yeah, it sounds really bad that we're giving a woman half a vote, but it's just in terms of this specific I'm not house. I'm the least. Uh, exactly. It's it. about <laughs> if you paid even half the rent, we'd give you a full vote. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so we're having you today because you are... Uh, your title of your profession and your master's degree and stuff like that is not just dietitian. It's like public health and all this yeah. dietary constraints. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I am a registered dietitian. Um, that was my undergraduate degree. Um, and so that experience is in a lot of clinical dietetics, community dietetics. So working in communities, working in hospitals, nursing homes. And also there's a little piece of like food service that you get experience in too. But then after I finished that degree and I passed my boards and did all the crazy internship hours and everything, I decided to go for my master's and do that in um, public health because I want to work in community nutrition like more specifically and be better with research and understanding and hopefully someday conducting better nutrition research. Understanding just nutrition as a whole? Yeah, at the population level. So not just looking at an individual and being like, what would be best for you, whether it's body image or, you know, you're in a very sick state and you need more nutrition help. Um, But just at that population level, understanding whole communities, how to best impact nutrition. Yeah, and I think it's a super important subject because... We know so little as like a we know society. Nothing. It's we all have opinions, but we know we nothing. We all have. An, I um, I really care about like my health. I exercise a lot, and I think I have a decent diet. I've had better ones at times, and have others. And I have all these things in my head that I like. I know. Um, and then I think the the most ridiculous one I did recently is I I cut out beer. 
um, because I wanted to like like be healthier and like maybe lose a, a few pounds. But I was drinking wine still. Yeah, that was that was a funny time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you taught me that uh, uh, it doesn't change a fucking thing. Yeah. No. Well, you were you were talking about calories and calorie wise, there's like maybe twenty calories difference between most beers and a glass of red wine. Yeah. So it learns so like like I had you I thought one, I you're know. like Jesus turned wine into water to wine. You're like it's the same. I just, no I, calories in I that. I was just like, beer's a bunch of calories, so yeah. obviously I need to go to wine. Yeah. So the biggest problem is that alcohol is a bunch of calories. It has right. almost as many calories per gram that fat does. Yeah. So it's like drinking pure fat when you're drinking alcohol. Damn. Ugh. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> that makes when me you rethink all my life decisions. <laughs> do you, like, do you have anybody to blame for why we have this, like, ignorance towards nutrition? No, I don't think that there's one thing to blame. I mean, when people start teasing apart why we have such high obesity rates and so many eating disorders and poor body image perception, people like to blame media. People like to blame politics and the food system and how those intertwine and how there's a lot of lobbying and money places. People like to blame, um, you know, like cultural and religious beliefs behind food and how those have developed over time. Like there's so many different things that you could attribute, you know, why we have so many crazy nutrition things going on in the world. I don't think that we'll ever know one answer, but there's studies. People are starting to tease it all apart. How do you feel like you are with nutrition, Connor? I'm shit right now, if I'm being honest. But what about your awareness with it? Uh, I mean, I understand that if I eat a whole bag of M&Ms, it's not good for me, but yeah, I've always had the rationale that if I go run three miles, like I can eat whatever the fuck I want, which is not true. Which is not amazing now. I mean, we're getting to the point where... That's yeah, we're getting old. But like... There's a good example. You're like, I can't eat an entire bag of M&M's. I know that's terrible. But I'm eating yogurt, and then Libby's like, you know, that's the same amount of sugar as a Snickers bar. And I was like, what can I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing where I would start is with um, just increasing awareness of food labels and what's in food. But when you even tease that apart, you're like, okay, now you're talking about food literacy and you're talking about being able to read nutrition labels and having the time and then, you know, the money in order to be able to I've tried to do doing like, like calorie that. counting and yeah. it's not fun. It's no. not fun. No. no I had, I bought, I used the uh, Under Armour app and the you can like track. Pal? Yeah. Yeah. Great app. And I was doing it Great, just to track calories, app. but like then it like pop up like, oh, this food is, you're going to, Go over your daily fat count. I'm like, oh shit, I wasn't keeping track of like my macronutrients and all that stuff too. I'm like, that's too much work. Yeah. And then like, yeah, like there's Weight Watchers, which is trying to to do like these number systems, and but it doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Like like eggs are zero points. Yeah. Sometimes. But like eggs have a lot of cholesterol, and then yeah, it's so tricky. You can't just basically you can't win with food. There's just everything is good for you, everything's bad for you. The only thing that we really think is truly bad for you is trans fat. Other than that, it's just we all agree. Yeah, we everybody all... agrees. Trans <laughs> fat like, is probably trans gonna fuck you over. <laughs> but no, but speaking about the whole my fitness pal thing that you mentioned, Connor, they just like put out a new study recently about how my fitness pal has began so many eating disorders for women in our country and what? how that idea of having to constantly track and those behaviors have for so many people triggered over into disordered eating patterns. Well, I'm not going to lie. I mean, for myself, I set my calories at 1900 because I know like for my like body type, probably like slightly over 2000 would be like my daily intake. So I'm like, all right, I'll set it like 300 short. But then like I'd hit the end of the day and be still fucking hungry and just like binge like 10 o'clock yeah. at night. 
And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to count it. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I've never like actually counted. And I think there are times in my life where I'm eating 1,500 calories a day. And then there are times where I'm eating 2,500 a day. And, which uh, is normal. Which is, is it? It is, yeah. You're not supposed to have a perfect 1,900 every day. Right. And that's, that's why realistic. I went to the gym recently. And uh, they did they did like my BMI test and, and all this stuff. And they said I should be having about 1,900 calories, funny enough. Mm-hmm. But then I went to Libby. And I was like, hey. Uh, my, uh, what the body fat percentage Oh yeah, was totally wrong. 14.9%. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. And then she's like, that's probably not even accurate for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's not good ways to, well, the way they tested it wasn't very good. They just like put a little electrical current up through you and down. And then they try to measure that time and speed that it takes to get back. But if you have a lot of water, if you had like a fatty meal the night before, all those things can throw it off. And they're just like. You're cheap, so I think you're fine. I think just don't get caught up on the number. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to. But, but it's uh, hard, isn't it, right, when we have so many different ways to look at weight, whether it's just weight or BMI or fat percentage or women sometimes get caught up in measurements and stuff. and Just in just, general, just a lot body to image in general. On. And then, like, yeah. the the rampant body dysmorphia that happens in the United States mm-hmm. is, is crazy. Yeah. And that's what I want to talk about. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I've been dealing with that since, like, 2014. Let's let's talk about your body image, Connor. Okay, you've you've had different bodies before. You've been fucking shredded before. I've been through like, I think I've come full circle now. Because I remember okay. senior year, I was just playing baseball and eating uh, veggie straws and Reese cups every day in English class. Okay. And so I wasn't doing anything. So I put on a lot of weight, but at the time I was probably like one ninety, which going from being like one eighty to one ninety, I was like, holy shit. I like look at pictures of me like rut playing baseball. I'm like, who is that fat ass? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> okay. But then like in college, I like got fired from being an RA and was working out six or seven days a week for two hours a day. And I was just eating like dorm food. So I was just like ripped out of my mind. With dorm food? Yeah. I was the exact opposite, whereas the dorms were trouble for me. I never had the freshman 15 because I was six feet, 100 45 but see it, for me it was, the, it was the convenience of it because i had the free meal plan like i could pick and choose what i ate and like could go during the day right and so I, I was chose getting 15 mozzarella sticks for dinner <laughs> <laughs> Choice. yeah but i also I like, also did that wednesday so. yeah i was gonna say we've done that recently <laughs> but i was also younger so i could like mix in that from time to time like i'd fucking go there like saturday mornings after like going out on friday and have like 13 like tater tots and like four pancakes and like a bunch of cheesy eggs and just be like whatever no big deal it also helps in in college if you're motivated enough i mean you can eat like shit at the dining halls but then you have four hours of free time in the middle of the day to just go to the gym or do something like exercise wise and then also metabolism is on your side at that point right yeah yeah for sure um but like you brought up something that, that I deal with all the time, and I, I'm sure we all do with this. Like, you look at an old picture of yourself, and either you're like, oh, my God, I look so good then. Or you're like, I look like shit then. I don't even want to look at that. And it's like, how do we deal with that when we have this this perception of ourselves that we, we, we can't handle? So I've been wrestling with the idea of, like, life changes. Crazy. I know. Right. Um but I look at real going through this. Yeah. <laughs> but I look at pictures like I looked at a picture of me like running a 5K and I'm like dripping wet, probably like 185. Okay. Then I look at a picture of like when I was moving to Tennessee, when I like was working out all summer and I had abs and shit. 
And then I'm like, all right, let's look at the circumstances here. Didn't wasn't working full time. Um, was working out twice a day, and was training for a sport that my body had to be like built, or I was gonna die. And now I'm like, okay, I'm running because I'm bored, and I'm sitting in an office all day. Like, my body's gonna be a certain way because I don't need it to be like this way. Right. And I lost that motive, or that motivation has been shifted to other things. And can you handle that? Are you fine with that? Have you come to terms with that, or are you like? Oh God, I I I just want to get back to that where I was. So when I was lifting, I always had the aspiration to be like the fit dad one day, <laughs> where I could still. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of steps between lifting and being a fit dad. Well, yeah, like, but so that and that was my mindset at the time. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be this fucking ripped dad and that like can still lift weights and like have a kid. And I'm like, that's gonna be the hardest reality Someone's, ever. Someone said to me, I have a really good dad bod. And I was so offended because I took that in a very negative way. Apparently, I thought a dad. It's bod. funny because you do though. What? <laughs> what? I don't know no, what, like, what is well, happening right now? We're yeah, we're gonna unpack some stuff. <laughs> then we're gonna talk to you, Libby. <laughs> well, I was that was a, a super interesting thing. We were talking about doing this pod, you and I, Libby, and then uh, I talked to Connor about it. He's like, I I need to be on that because, like you're talking, it's very clear that like the United States is detrimental to like a, a, a woman's self-esteem uh but also it's like we're super fucking insecure about it as oh, men yeah. Yeah. and it's like like so everybody's just fucked from it yeah no i completely agree right yeah um what were we just talking about though uh that you have a perfect dad bod no okay yeah what is a dad bod so then i think the mass like media like popular definition is like of a dad bod is someone that like looks like they still go to the gym, like has decent like muscle mass, but like their body isn't like perfectly toned because they still like enjoy like the fun things. <laughs> I thought dad bod meant you had like a little belly. That's and, what like, I thought too. That's too. I just thought it meant There's you a couple, were like, it's like cute and life caught up with you and I you drink beers to deal with your family and <laughs> I thought like, a dad bod was like you're forty five, you have a receding hairline, um, you have a goatee because you gave up on trying to grow a beard. <laughs> and and then, yeah, after years of it, your metabolism's still okay, even though you don't eat great. Maybe you have a salad once a week because you're like, I feel guilty. But not like because I want the salad because I want my heart healthy. You're like, ah, I feel shame if I don't eat a salad at least once a week. So that's how I took it. So like, you have a, a dad bod. And I'm like, I exercise four to five times a week, and you're telling me I have a dad bod. I'm going to go cry. Maybe not a dad bod, but I think, like, if I was looking at you, I'd be like, all right, if I was a father, I'd want to look like Mike. Because he's still, like, you still get, the t- you still have the cardio endurance. Like, you can still go run. I can. You're still, like, you're thin. Like, you look, ath- you're still athletic. So you have that. But as I look at myself, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm 220 pounds. Like, I'm getting winded playing tag with some kids at summer camp. Like, this is not ideal at mm-hmm. all. Okay, let's uh, let's turn to Libby. Are you willing to talk about your uh, your journey with body image? Yeah, yeah, sure. I have quite a journey. Quite so, a journey. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I was, like, super overweight. And okay. this, like, you know, like, every time I go to the doctor, I would hate it because they'd just sit me down and be like, you're overweight and you're almost obese, so what are you going to do about it? And like, How that was old just, are we talking at this point? I mean, you're talking, like, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Oh, okay. Like, I was little and I knew the I was pudgy. Yeah, yeah, like, I remember being in, like, first grade and wearing, like, elastic pants because that's what you did in, like, 2001. And they were, like, purple elastic pants. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm huge. And, like, being so young and 
realizing that that was just very early on part of my journey and then I so it's always kind of like bigger and like whatever like a lot of the women in my family are larger and it's just like part of who we are right um and then it was around I think it was like sixth and seventh grade and I was like okay I like no boys find me attractive. I like all these boys. None of the boys like me. Like that's definitely where it's from. Were you from. A, a crush heavy girl? Oh, I had school? so many like crushes. Week, nobody, yeah. nobody would ever like go near me. I was super nerdy, <laughs> dorky, big. You, like when you're a redhead and you're young and you don't wear like any makeup, you just have no eyes because you have like no <laughs> eyelashes. You're like super pale. It looks like you're not even like. It's just you look really funny. So, yeah. anyways, you're that like, was Who like wants them? <laughs> yeah, and you're like oh oh nobody wants some. <laughs> Okay, but um, <laughs> and we some we mean like some yeah, playful flirt flirting yes, with the lockers. Yeah, you're so like you ten years old. Like, yeah, it's nobody hot. wanted oh. to hold my hand. Nobody you married me on the hands. playground. <laughs> no. no, yeah. Oh man. Okay. Uh, so, so that's middle school. Yes, yeah, so that was middle school, and then it was in right before high school when I ended up developing some really unhealthy habits with. Um, like serious diet restriction, like some pretty disordered eating patterns. And then it blew into a full-blown eating disorder when I was in um, about freshman year of high school. Really? Because I had just been struggling my whole life and I have a personality that really loves control and loves planning and everything. And so it was just like the perfect storm for wanting to be thin and attractive. And it came from a very insecure and, you know, like, I just want boys to like me place because I was, I don't know, like 13 years old. <laughs> right. And so then that went on for about two years. Um, and then you'd think that by, like, losing weight and, like, I developed some health problems and it was, like, an ongoing problem with, like, my parents knew it was going on, but they wouldn't, like, interject or do anything. And so it was just this long struggle for a while. Um, and then eventually it just, like, like mysteriously kind of rebounded like I I was my sophomore year and I went on vacation with my friend um her family like paid for me to go on a cruise with her and so yeah it was so cool and I just remember like being at the like cruise buffet and like fuck it I'd rather be like big anyways like who the fuck cares were you uh Um, are you vegetarian by this point yeah I've been vegetarian since like third yeah third grade and that definitely stemmed from a place of wanting to you know, try to be healthier when I was eight years old. Right. <laughs> um, so, and that happens with a lot of people, kind of like mysterious rebounds in um, eating disorders that they can't really explain medically, like why that all of a sudden it breaks and it's just like a full recovery. But um, that happened. And then since then, it's just been kind of, you know, like my body image, it goes back and forth some days. I'm like, damn, like I got it. Like this is nice. And I do a lot of running. And so that helps me just kind of, you know, tone it down and keep you know like my sanity at a, a good level and body image in check but you know it still it like, comes and goes some sometimes yeah and I periods think, i think the hard thing is another problem we have like kind of here in the united states is that it's you look like an asshole if you're cocky there, mm-hmm. there are people that it's like like if you look in the mirror and you say damn if you say that to someone you don't look good at that point like yeah. people look at you negatively it's like oh you're full of yourself yeah, no, that's true. And how do we balance that? Yeah, I don't know. In my mind, it's like if you can get any of that like positive body image, like, damn, I look good, then that should just be fully embraced. So I don't know if I, I don't know. I see in men, though, if men are really cocky about their bodies. I don't know if that's so true for women, though. I don't I don't know if I l- would ever look at a girl who's like, ooh, I look good. I'd be like, yes, you do. Uh, like yeah, like female you. support. But I see what you're saying with guys. I think I'd be like really annoyed if a guy was like, damn, I look so good. Mm, you know? Yeah. 
And I was talking, uh, I was talking to Joey recently, and and this is the thing. I was like, "What do you like? You go in a mirror and you look at yourself. What do you look at? And then you're like, "Oh, fuck yeah." And he and he's like, "What did he say?" He said his hair. He's like, oh, "Sometimes I look at my hair. It looks so good." Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I like when it gets long because it just gets puffy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and he's like, "Yeah," and that's like a quality I don't necessarily like about myself. And I was like, "I I completely disagree." I think that's a great thing to have, to be able to look at yourself and be like, I'm fucking proud of this. And it's hard to admit what you're proud of. And it's hard to stay consistently proud. Connor, when you look in the mirror, what are you proud of? I like my smile. Your smile? Yeah. You got a great smile. You've had it for years. And you didn't have braces. No. I am missing a tooth now. So. You are missing a tooth. And that's, <laughs> but that's caused a lot of kind of insecurities. Yes. I think ever since I've lost my tooth, I've been like on this slow downward spiral because I haven't been lifting as much. So then like my body starts to like lose that definition that it had. And then I'm like, all right, I got to lean this way so that my tooth doesn't come out. And yeah, that's been tough for sure. Mm. Yeah. Because I have a huge fat face. So it's you, like. You got a big head. Yeah. Um, but you got a big smile to match it. So it works out perfectly. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it's, a, it's such a hard thing to balance. Like. Just your your self esteem, but also your humbleness, and all these things. But I mean, you, you talked about you're you're a young kid. I mean, going through an eating disorder. Yeah. And and you were trying to hide it from everybody. I assume? Oh yeah, yeah. No, there was so many complicated layers of like hiding things and not wanting anyone to find out, but also wanting like you know on some level wanting attention and help because I knew like wow I'm so fucked up right now like. Right. But yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. Yeah, and that's super hard talking about like like mental health and eating disorders and stuff like that, and that that desire for attention. Yeah, you can never say that to someone. Like you can't. It, you need them to admit that. And but it's like it, it does stem from that. It's like we we all want attention, and I mean I guess some people don't. Some people really want to just hide in the corner for the rest of their lives. Um, but they're like mad at themselves for that, and they're like trying to address that. But did did your kind of future in becoming a dietitian and stuff like that stem from that? Oh, definitely. I think so. I mean, a lot of it came from, um, you know, wanting to get the good information out there about nutrition so that other people maybe wouldn't have to go through and struggle the way I did. But also from just a fascination, you know, if any good thing came out of that whole experience, it was a fascination for food and nutrition and what it can do for your body and the good things about it and the bad things about it. And it definitely, the stats on dietitians who have had eating disorders is crazy they've really? only done they haven't been able to do a lot of like formal studies but like the informal surveys and stuff they've done in the field it's like crazy high like you are in the minority if you've never had um disordered eating patterns or an eating disorder also is it one of those things like uh, uh depression is a common one where people don't know that they're in depression until they learn like like what depression is like years later and like oh shit is that kind of, can that be the same thing with like an eating disorder? Yeah. Where it's I like, you finally that. learn the information and then you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I I'm, did that. I'm sure it's like that for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shit. I forgot what I was going to say. Connor, do you have anything to say right now? Mm-mm. No? I have one thing to add about um, earlier when we were talking about like men and how you guys kind of face, you know, like struggling to be positive because then you're an asshole, but struggling also not to be too negative and all the craziness that goes around men and body image. They recently developed a new like 
diagnostic code or whatever for um, a different eating disorder that would capture more men because they finally started to recognize that men have disordered eating patterns, but it didn't quite fit into a lot of the different diagnoses that you could have for like anorexia or bulimia okay. because some of them have to do with like like menstrual cycles and things like that where you really can't diagnose a man on something like that. I, but I haven't had a menstrual cycle in years. Yeah. Oh, my. We, you I can't even remember help. the last time. <laughs> yeah. No, but they, they created a new eating disorder that... Um, code that tried to capture more men that are struggling with body image because it's related to isolating yourself socially and being super restrictive with foods and relying on like protein supplements instead of real food and worrying so much about your body image related to fitness and weight gain but also like weight loss and fat percentage so less of being thin but more just being so focused on your body composition and things like that because they they've started to recognize that men are really struggling too and it's not fair to just keep the perception that only women have eating disorders and disordered eating patterns yeah and i think the point like the goal is we just want to be happy with who we are mm-hmm. i mean it can, it can be mental health it can be physical health it can be everything but you want to i think one of the like I've talked to people before, and the most heartbreaking thing I've heard is like, when I look in the mirror, there's nothing I like about myself, and that's so fucking tough, because you can't shake that. Even if you're not thinking about it, and it's a subconscious thought, you're constantly you have that going. Where every time someone looks at you, you're like, they're gonna think I'm disgusting. They think I'm gross, and it's not good. But it's really great, Libby. I mean, that's such a hard thing to go through, but. To be able to look at it now and be like, there are positives. There, there are things. And I, I, I talk about that a lot in this podcast where it's like, I think we grow the most from the shittiest moments in our lives. Oh, yeah. You need these. I, I always talk about living greedy and quitting my job and all this stuff. And it's like, but it was one of the most informative years. Connor is going through right now and he's, Yay, he's having, he's having <laughs> his, his moments, but it's like, it, you're thankful for it. I mean, right now you're like right in the midst of it. So you're like, I'm not quite thankful. I kind of fucking hate this. Yeah. I'm all over the place at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you grow from, from, from the hardest moments in your lives. Does anybody have anything else to say before we end this podcast? No. I think it's been said. Yeah. Libby McAvoy. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, guys. Connor. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You hey, know, no problem. Yeah, you're not on enough. You should come on. Um, okay, Libby, we'll probably have you on again because you're awesome. Oh, and thank you for listening. Remember, we have other podcasts. We have stories coming out. We have a lot of content. Please keep listening and tell your friends. Bye. Hey, see you later.